Swanson to first. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to For Future Considerations, episode 86, for our buddy J.D. Moffat, the Heinz Ward episode of For Future Considerations, one of the Steelers' great fans and one of the Steelers' great receivers. My name is Matt. Manny and John are here as well. Gentlemen, how has your week been? John, how were the birthday festivities? Oh, so good. I got to dry out. I took Monday off. It was great. Wow. Pizza, beer, football. That was your first Excellent. day off since 2013, wasn't it? <laughs> Almost. Good for you. It was close. That's great. We're shot. I can't believe you're 30, man. This is craziness. I know. I know. It's I know. a big year for you. Yeah, the big three zero. <laughs> I was lucky enough. I I called John on on Sunday and uh, and he took me for a nice walk. Uh, for about an hour, me, him, and Bruno went for a walk through the hills there, and the the snow was quite nice. <laughs> That's amazing. It's true, it was nice. And then I opened up my mail, and I got mail from Manny Pava. That's craziness, isn't it? Was it in yeah, a brown for- paper bag or what? <laughs> <laughs> was it on fire when it got dropped off? <laughs> uh, you guys didn't special s- instructions. You guys didn't see me, but I was walking behind John and Bruno and picking up some leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> they purposely put the Amazon box upside down so it looks like a sad face instead. Of- <laughs> oh man. And not only is it John's big birthday, Matt's big birthday is coming up. Boy, you guys are celebrating. It's the big birthday week. It is. This is a huge week. This is like (laughs) if you were to do like New Year's and Christmas back to back. That's what it is. We just don't stop. We we just don't stop. Isn't that a song? The party don't stop. Right? (laughs) If it's not yet, it's going to (laughs) be. I'd pump it. We got Pitbull on this one already. It's going to be good. <laughs> oh, man. A big thanks to the people who reached out after our last two episodes last week. That was fun. Yeah, that's right. We got some great comments about the debate show last week, and that led to a few questions for this episode. Yeah, and some great comments as well on the OT, uh, episode number two with Will Cooley, one of the Windsor Spitfires leaving this week for Canada's World Junior Camp. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, that's one to bookmark for sure. Go back and take a listen. Yeah, and after you listen, send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, By email, you can uh, send us your comments at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, you can send us a message through social media as well. You can follow all the great content. The I'll just announced the official social media platform or the social media page of the World Junior Hockey Championships <laughs> just got announced. We're excited about that. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. And now we have plenty of football talk on the show coming up, and we want to get your Grey Cup predictions too, but we're going to start with some hockey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
That is the sound made by happy fans in Vancouver on Monday night after the Canucks under new head coach Bruce Boudreaux defeated the LA Kings 4-0. It was Boudreaux's first game on the bench after Vancouver fired coach Travis Green and GM Jim Benning. I have some thoughts about my Canucks. Were you guys surprised that both men lost their jobs and what do you think of the Boudreaux hiring? I'm always surprised when it's a full clean house in the middle of the season. This is, I think, something that Canucks fans in in, in general, uh, all of them that I know, the one, uh, have said that this should have happened before the beginning of the season. Um, but I like the hiring, and, and Bruce Boudreaux is, is, as far as I'm concerned here, a space filler as he's been in, in a lot of different places that he's been. The one thing that he does very well is turn teams around in pretty short order. He did it with Anaheim, he did it with Minnesota, he's done it as well um, in his time in Washington. He he can flip teams and and this team has a ton of talent and I don't think uh, any of it has been uh, reached so far this year so if he's the guy to turn it around even just for the short term I think it's a good move but look the Canucks are 27th in the league in goals for 23rd in goals against 22nd in the power play and on their way to set records for how horrifying their penalty kill has been at like 64.6% at the time that we recorded this. For Bruce Boudreaux, I mean, hell, if you can turn this around and win a couple of extra games, you're going to be a hero. But it's going to be a pretty easy stretch to be a little bit better than they have been so far. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's been great fun staying up till one in the morning watching this team. <laughs> I, yeah, no kidding. Like, is there a better coach for them when the fans can go, Bruce, there it is? Like, come on. It just makes a whole lot of sense for the Canucks, right? Uh, that was that was entertaining. I'll give them that. Um, I don't know. My thoughts on this, I am not a Bruce Boudreaux fan. To me, if you, if you want him as a place filler, that's fine. But to me, he's a regular season coach and he's not a playoff coach. Um, I've never liked him since the 24-7 HBO thing. The guy just swears constantly, dropped an F-bomb in his first press conference. And then I went looking at his stats because I'm like, what has he won? So he won a championship in the East Coast League in 99, won in the AHL in 2006. Then you look at his NHL record, uh, Washington, in 2008, first in the division, loses in the conference quarterfinals. The next year, first in the division, loses in the conference semifinals. Next year, first in the division, loses in the conference quarterfinals. The next year, first in the Southeast, loses in the conference quarterfinals. Anaheim, same thing. After the year where he joined halfway through, the next year, first in the Pacific, loses in the conference quarterfinals. The next year, first in the Pacific, loses in the second round. First in the Pacific, loses in the conference finals. First in the Pacific, loses in the first round. Like, that's not the guy for the future of this team, in my opinion. So, so John, I listened to you there, but everything you said, isn't that completely better than what the Canucks have done under Travis Green? Oh, yeah. They needed to get rid of Travis Green. I just don't know if, if I'm a big fan of Boudreaux. See, I was a bit surprised that they got rid of both of them. I thought it would have been like the Montreal situation. Fire the GM, Jim Benning, because of the makeup of the team, and let Travis Green right. finish out the rest of the year. So I was a little bit surprised by that. But I think, and what, I don't know, did you watch the game against the Kings? It looked like a vastly um. different Canucks team. Yeah, it did. It absolutely did. I think he told them, shoot more. And they did. And obviously it paid off. So, um, 
if he gives the offense the green light to actually do something and uh, to we to run and gun a bit, then I think um, that's a good move for them. But but that's what you guys uh, have. You have Quinn Hughes. I think yeah. you. Yeah, I think you're looking short term on this. I, I think this is the only way that you can look at. You don't have a GM. You're going to bring in a GM who's going to bring in their own head coach. If true, it's Bruce true. Boudreaux, fine. I think the one thing that uh, that uh, that is, um, you know, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in this time. But um, I know this is kind of a, a turnaround year, and, and whether it's already a lost year for the Canucks or not remains to be seen. But there's uh, the the recycling of coaches continues to happen in the NHL. Bruce Boudreaux might be the captain of this where, like you said, John, I said he's he's been able to turn a few teams around. You said he's had no success in the playoffs. So does that just equal him being here for the rest of this season and and move along? I don't know if at this point in his career he's willing to take that kind of a deal anyways. So, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, this one to me at the time sounds sounds good i like it if he's still coaching the team in three years probably not the biggest fan yeah i right the one thing that i'm one thing i would say i don't know i've never talked to a player who's played for him but i always wonder when i see clips of him he has the intensity cranked up to 11 on a tuesday night game in the middle of uh, november and it seems like maybe does he burn guys out by the time you get to the playoffs? If they're finishing first in the division constantly and never winning in the playoffs, is he too much too soon in, in every season? Maybe he needs to pace himself a little bit, not ride guys that hard during the regular season. I mean, he needs to this year for this team because they're not going to make the playoffs if he does. Well, I don't know about that. Like when we took over Washington in 07, they had six wins in 21 games to start the year. They finished with 43 wins and made the playoffs so he can turn them around. And it's something that you said, you know, he told them to shoot more. He, he, you guys have offensive guys. You have Quinn Hughes on the back end, Patterson, Besser, Horvat, JT Miller, Oliver Ekman Larson. Like the list goes on and on and on. You guys should be scoring at a high clip. Now the game's a little bit different in the playoffs. We know that. So maybe that's where he falters, but I'm with Matt on this. I think this is a short-term fix, but I do think it's a good short-term fix for the Vancouver Canucks. I have no idea who's going to be their GM. Somebody brought up Mark Bergevin rumors the other day. Uh, I saw a story on Tuesday about uh, the Leafs assistant GM, Lawrence Gilman, being a highly sought-after candidate for Vancouver. I have no idea who the GM will be there, but as Matt said, they're going to pick their own guy. One thing I will mention, too, is I am by far the minority in Canucks uh, fandom. Almost everyone I know is just over the moon about this. So don't take my opinion as being the uh, representative of all of the Canucks fans because uh, everyone else seems pretty happy. Well, the word it. is that everybody likes Boos Boudreau. The, the, the players like him. The media love him because he's yes. he's a soundbite. He's a character. Yeah. He swore at the media yeah. kid day, like you said. So. First day is first day. <laughs> How do you not like this guy already? <laughs> and uh, Travis Green wasn't the only coach fired. Former Canucks coach and former Montreal coach Elaine Vigneault was fired by the Philadelphia Flyers this week. And assistant Mike Yeo is now the interim coach. Were you guys surprised by that decision? Uh, I wasn't surprised at all. The Flyers might have been up there with the Habs and the Islanders as the most disappointing teams in the NHL this season. 
Um, something had to give, especially after they made all those moves in the offseason. The Flyers adding to their blue line, um, you know, like, and they still are horrible. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, the Flyers on the season, eight wins in 23 games. They've given up 79 goals against, which is the most in the Metropolitan Division. And the, yet they improved their blue line. Something had to give. Something was not right. Not surprised at all. Vinu, uh, it doesn't matter where he goes. How long did he last in Vancouver? How long did he last in Montreal? It's three, four years, and then he's out. Um, I, I liked him in Vancouver. The first year he was there, I wasn't a big fan because he tried to play a defensive style. And then um, the following season, he decided to go uh, more offensively. And uh, then the team achieved a bit of success. I actually thought they got rid of him too soon in Vancouver, but that's just my opinion. I like Mike Yao a lot as a as a head coach. Uh, I've read uh, a couple of articles uh, and, and seen a couple of interviews with him, and, and he was a guy that that I had seen and, and heard uh, was someone who will get another head coaching job again um, in his time, and, and now seems to be the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, you especially for for the general managers and, and Chuck Fletcher and the the. Um, front office for for Philadelphia you go get Ryan Ellis you go get Cam Atkinson you get Ristolainen uh, this is not the team that they've put together I think the first thing that starts is with with Carter Hart in net I think he's been extremely disappointing uh, in in the last uh, stretch uh, for them so yeah there's some big problems in Philadelphia for sure and, and when you see long streaks like that come uh, and go uh, that normally means somebody's on their way out yeah, not too many uh, coaches lose nine in a row and keep their job, that's for sure. Right. And I just checked, Alan Vigneau spent seven seasons in Vancouver. His Montreal, his Philly Philly stop was three years. His Montreal stop was four years. So his longest tenure was in Vancouver. John Rashad kept him there. <laughs> that's right, my campaign. Uh, so keeping with this theme, we got a question from Rick in Chatham. He wants to know who we think will be the next coach to lose his job. It's interesting because uh, I, in doing some research for this, I was the first thing I look for is who's the guy who's been there a little too long and maybe worn out his welcome uh, outside of bad teams. But here's the thing to learn about NHL coaches. There are not a lot of guys that have been with their teams very long. <laughs> You're looking at some teams that you know are really struggling, and I'm talking about the teams that are at the bottom of the list. Uh, and when you're looking at the leagues in, in either way, you know Arizona, um, brand new head coach. Vancouver just did there. Seattle, brand new head coach. Chicago, brand new head coach. Is LA going to release Todd McClellan? I don't necessarily think so. Um, the one that's obvious, at least at this point, just because of the winless streaks they've had, is the future Stanley Cup champion new like new york islanders and barry trotz but i think the next uh, the next head coach that's going to go is dominique ducharme in montreal that's again the same sort of situation uh, that you're going to see in vancouver there's no general manager there right now whether they keep that general manager in place or not they're going to pick their own head coach i don't think dominique ducharme was really necessarily uh, uh, to me he got lucky to end up in the spot he did to have the success he did last season i think that's translated a little bit this year um so for me i mean barry trotz they they've lost or winless in 11 or something like that coming into the time that we we record this so there's an obvious reason why he would be the next one to go but i do think Dom Dominique Ducharme is on his way. 
Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. And I think the big difference there is when. Like, do they let mm-hmm. Dominic Ducharme play out the whole year as coach? I think they do. And then make a decision after the end of the season. So then <clears throat> if you're a betting man like John Rashad is, it was somebody else going to get canned before the end of the season. Colorado got off to the slow start. I was concerned about Jared Bednar in Colorado. Mm-hmm. But they seem to have found their groove a little bit of late. But they're not playing very, very well. Um, DJ Smith in Ottawa. Uh, I think Pierre Dorian, the GM, loses his job before DJ Smith loses his job. But they could be a package deal too. Does anybody lose their job before the end of the season? I don't think so. And that, and that's just it. You go through the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Montreal, we addressed that. Ottawa, we addressed that. The Islanders, we addressed that. Buffalo's head coach is brand new. Philadelphia just canned their head coach. Lindy Ruff is bl- brand new in New Jersey. They're nine and nine. They're not in the playoffs right now. If you're looking at, uh, at playoff teams, and then you're getting into teams with winning records. So you know Boston, Columbus, Detroit. They're they're not getting rid of of their head coaches. So I would really, if if you were to give me odds at one and a half for head coaches that are going to be fired in in season uh, the rest of the way. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I think the teams that fire somebody have already done it because they're hoping to salvage their season. Anyone else who has a season that's going to be lost in the coming weeks and months, they're going to stand pat through the year and then see who's available. In the yeah, season. Arizona's not firing their coach. He's new. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody knew they were going to be bad. So, yeah. Can you This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest, I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, picked by you, our listeners, and social media followers. And this week it's a play by the Michigan Wolverines. They'll throw it out to Edwards. Edwards fires, he's got a wide open man. Oh, it's cut! Robert Wilson! Touchdown, Michigan! 75 yards! Josh Gaddis pulls a rabbit out of his hat! Running back Donovan Edwards throws a beautiful pass to Roman Wilson on a trick play for a 75-yard touchdown, and the Wolverines would go on to win the Big Ten Championship 42-3. to What a game, boys. Man. What a game. Man, the Big the Big Ten is is like the CFL in the East-West divisions. Like, there is, amazing. There is one yes, John, superstar amazing. division, and then there is a, a high school division. It, it is night and day between those two divisions. But yet Iowa was ranked 13th. 13th. Yeah. In the nation. Michigan creamed them. It was not even close. It was that it was uh that trick play was unbelievable though. Like nobody saw that coming. They uh um they had just scored on the previous possession, then Iowa had to punt it, and then the very mm-hmm. first play in that possession, it was like they threw him a haymaker, and it was all over. It was yeah, all that was over. It. That, was, that was the finishing blow, for sure. I voted for it. Did you guys? Yeah, I did too. Attaboy. Yes, I did. Hail to the victors. <laughs> Woo! That's the, wow. first, that's the first time we've swept through this, I think. Yes. Yeah, for the I don't three think there's us? ever been any unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting along too much today. What the hell's going on yeah, here? It's the second half of the show. It's coming up. Our play of the week. All right, all right, all right. Play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows.
Remember to check our Twitter and Instagram accounts every Monday. Look for the poll. We'll have the footage of all four plays. You can watch it again. You can show your friends. You can show your kids as they get ready for the racing around the table, whatever league we're, we're creating here with their children. Um, and then vote for it on uh, on Twitter and, and Instagram. Go ahead and, and take a look at that. Share it around. And uh, we reveal the winner of the play of the week on our next episode. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're creating and- leagues now? What, like what kind of leagues? are we creating i don't know like tricycle racing i'm in, i'm into it right all the way all the way let's let's snowball this one big time <laughs> john what's your league what are you creating oh wow hey we gotta get some dog racing my dog is really oh fast. dog racing that's pretty all good right. that's pretty good that sounds that sounds dangerous. I, uh, John could be the Bob Baffert of uh, of this. I think. <laughs> I be careful. I still got the World Balloon Championship, so we're all good. Yep. It's, it's all good. We're gonna create leagues. <laughs> Run around the pool and don't fall in league. <laughs> <laughs> we created leagues and then we went to jail. <laughs> Well, speak for yourself, John. (laughs) And now let's talk some college football because we received a few emails about the subject over the last few days. Alabama will face Cincinnati and Michigan will face Georgia in the college football semifinals. Mike, Jessica, and John all messaged us and they wanted our early predictions. Bryce Young drops. Plenty of time. Airing it out. Man's there. Jamison Williams, touchdown. 55 yards on a strike. Since I know literally nothing about college football, I'll uh, hand it over to you Come guys. on, make a pick, John. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Come I, on. I, had, I was picking the CFL for like two weeks. Come on. Yeah, good point. Michigan. Attaboy. <laughs> hey. hey. Hail to the victors. <laughs> it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Hey, uh... Listen, Michigan should be number one, by the way, in the college football rankings. Like, how do you win? Not only do you win, how do you not route your opponent by 39 points going in as the number two ranked team and after that one-sided victory, you're still the number two ranked team in the country? Aren't you supposed to move up one? Not when number three beats number one. Yeah, you beat n- number one, you become number one. No, you move up to number two. You move up. I'm not doubting that you don't move up. You move up. So you're saying just just for rankings, you're saying the significance of two beating thirteen is bigger than three beating one. Yes, just, because I, I just I just want to clarify that because two beating thirteen by thirty nine points is a huge statement. And the week before. You beat an Ohio State team that everybody said was the best team in the country. Not only did you follow up beating Ohio State, who everybody thought was this juggernaut, you followed that up with demolishing, routing the Iowa Hawkeyes. You got to move that's up. That's what Georgia was all year. Georgia no, jo- was number one all year. But Georgia beat nobody. They did not beat a single team ranked in the top nineteen. And that's, that's what. That's not their fault. Well, yes, that's right. They play whoever is on their schedule, right? 
and they beat whoever was on their schedule. But the teams that were on their schedule would lose in the CFL. So you, they cannot be the number one ranked team. And that's why they won't beat Michigan in the semifinal. Michigan will win. And they'll face Alabama, who will beat Cincinnati because Bama's always got that magic and that roll tide. Great to see Cincinnati in the college football playoff. For sure it is. And I hope that they make some noise against Bama. I just see that it's going to be Alabama and Michigan in in the college football final. Here's the argument I was waiting for. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there you go. And I'm going to say the number one Alabama is going to play the number two Michigan in the college football championships just to be different. (laughs) What? I just said that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Come on. (laughs) Now, here's here's my problem with this. I'll, I'll just repeat that. So it should be Michigan one, you move up. Alabama, two, because you move up. Georgia falls from one to three, and Bama and Georgia should be playing. But, oh, no, we can't have the two teams playing again the very next week. That's just not good. This was preconceived, and that's why I hated the rankings. I had to throw that out there. That sounds like a little bit of a conspiracy theory there, Manny. Manny, are you suggesting that the NCAA is up to no good in their sports rankings? Shocker, I know. (laughs) So terrible. Well, we can't. It'll be for bad TV, even though they don't play for another month. That we can't have them playing again in the very next game that they play. That's just terrible. we have to we have to wait and see if there's a rematch in the final between these two teams. It would make for better television ratings. And maybe we can jack up the money on ads and rake in a little bit more money because oh, every coach is signing 10-year, 100 million dollar contracts and we don't pay the players anything. That was a good rant there. Very good. <laughs> the Heisman finalists have been announced. <laughs> Their quarterbacks, Bryce Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, as well as Michigan defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson. If you guys had a vote, who's your pick? You know, there hasn't been a defensive player that has won the Heisman since another Michigan player won the Heisman in Desmond Howard. One thing I've always loved is that they, they give away the Heisman on my birthday. And I think they also announced the Nobel Prize winners on my birthday, too. You have to check that, but that's that may be accurate. I'm going to go as far as uh, Heisman trophies. I'm going to go the same way that the college football rankings should be: Bryce Young, number one from Alabama; Aiden Hutchinson, number two from Michigan. That's probably what it's going to be. But I'd love to see Aiden Hutchinson win this because he's the only defensive player even being considered. He stayed his senior year when. More players leave early in their college careers, whether they're a sophomore, whether they're a junior. Not many stay for their senior year. Aiden Hutchison is. He he is now the career leader in a single season in sacks in Michigan. He's led them to the college football playoff for the first time. He is one of the most outstanding players in the entire country. Alabama is always loaded. Like, John Rashad could play quarterback for that team and be considered for the Heisman. 
Why not go? F- why not go for a, a guy who came out of nowhere? And nobody had Michigan being in the college football playoff at the beginning of the season. Aiden Hutchinson is a big reason why they're there. You say that like I'm not an amazing quarterback well, or something, Manny. That offends me. Well, we me. know you can catch the ball after the catch. <laughs> so, if like, there would be no doubt if you were in the running as a wide receiver, you would win the Heisman. How many times has there been a Heisman Trophy winner for four straight years? Because Rashad would just keep going back to school, <laughs> just to win, <laughs> like Van Wilder on uh, on campus, just continue going back, continue winning Heisman's, <laughs> like it, and then retire. When we lived together, and he had that Heisman poster of himself up, like it was getting uh-huh. to be a little bit over the top, right? That whole pose, the arm out. Like, I know, and that was the, actually, what I had heard is that was the inspiration for these Sports Illustrated, the body issues that they do now. I, I believe it. Man, His body is a temple. Because... Wasn't that picture <laughs> taken with just some uh, perfect twists of the hips or uh, a little bit of, of coverage here and there? That's right. Manny's just bitter because I insisted on hanging it over the TV. I don't know what his problem was. Because <laughs> you took it off the ceiling in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the worst part about it is he would just walk across the living room and then he would stop and do the pose every 10 seconds. <laughs> with a quick, you like that? You like that, huh? You like that? <laughs> And then he'd spike whatever he had in his hand. <laughs> a can of Coke or Pepsi. A hot dog. Yeah, our carpet cleaning bill was atrocious. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny is I do do this to my wife. I'll be like, ah, oh, the beach is that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guns out, baby. Woo! Uh-huh. BD standing inside his own 30, ready to kick this away to Poppy White. High snap, brings it down, lets it fly. Solid kick. White's going to have to backpedal inside his 20 to pick it up. Has a little bit of room when he initially grabbed this, and now he's got some room on the far side of the field. Poppy White, one more block. Midfield now, will he be able to cut it back inside? Poppy White, he's gone. Will they catch him to the fence? Dean, the netting to the house. A huge return and a touchdown for Poppy White, and the Ticats are in business. The Grey Cup is set. Pappy White took a punt return 92 yards to the house to help the Hamilton Tiger Cats advance, and they'll be facing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the Grey Cup. And Chris and Bancroft messaged us to say our CFL talk has been hilarious, and a few other people had the same message. They want to know who will win this weekend. I tell you what, after this segment, we're not talking about the CFL anymore. It's getting scratched <laughs> for the list. No, we're not doing anything with it. Don't even think about it. We're, we're, this is the end of the CFL on this show right now. Oh, you're going to be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they, the, the Hamilton Tiger Cats haven't won a great cup since 1999. They haven't hosted it since 96. They haven't won one they hosted since 1842. Uh, I, I don't care anymore. I'm going with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Eighteen forty-two. Wow. Holy. Was, it, I, I, rem, I remember that one. I, there's some <laughs> there's some very grainy footage, but I think Pappy White was playing in that game. Doesn't that sound like a guy who was <laughs> Three Tooth Jones? I think was the the quarterback. Was it? Oh man. Uh, John, who you got? 
Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people expect, but I do think Winnipeg's going to pull it out. Um, they played their worst game of the season by far last week with all those turnovers. Was it six, Matt? Six turnovers and six. win the conference finals. Yeah, so proving that they can play their worst game of the year and still end up winning. So the line is four. Are you saying it's going to be closer than four or the Bombers are going to win in, in a row? Because hmm. yeah. you got to watch out for that two-point uh, thing that you guys who know. You just get one point for kick, catching the ball, right? Isn't that how it works? <laughs> you miss a field goal. That's it. You miss a field goal and the, and yeah. the guy catches it and he gets one. Yeah. Or he has to get out of the end he zone. He has to get out of the end zone so you don't get the point. Yeah, yeah. If it if it doesn't come out of the end zone, there's a point awarded. Listen, I'm going. Wow. Looks- I've been on the Bombers all season, boys. My team's in the final. Give me another Blue Bombers victory, back to back champs. Woo! Hail to the victors! <laughs> what's their What's their song? What the, do the Blue Bombers have a fight song? Can we find that? I don't know. I just know oh. the hashtag for the W. Woo! For the W, all over for social media. That's pretty good. Actually, I like that. I like that. It's clever. Uh, I am looking up Blue Bombers fight song. Okay. If we could find that, throw that out. I'll make that my, you know what, for a week, I'll make that my ringtone if the Blue Bombers win. For a month, and you're on. <laughs> <laughs> they have a touchdown song, but I don't see a fight song. That'll do. Touchdown song will be fine. They're not going to get any. Wow. String together a couple of one-pointers. This coming from the Alouettes guy. They didn't even make it to the division final. (laughs) Okay, I just found this online. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers fight song from the early 70s sounded like it was arranged and performed by Lawrence Welk's Polka Band. <laughs> That's what somebody Oh, else. we gotta Beautiful. play that. We gotta play that. Beautiful. Matt's ringtone. I have, will never call Matt more than I will over the Fire. next month. Fired up. Even if I said week. I'm not doing mock. Come I on. I said week. Come on. Grow a pair. Come on. <laughs> I'll be sitting next to you and calling you just to hear that go off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and uh, by the way, the Detroit Lions won their first game in 364 days. (laughs) Nearly a full year when they beat Minnesota 29-27 on Sunday. We have the radio call of the victory. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, and yes. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! Armand Ross St. Brown in the receiving end! Oh, they're rushing the field! They've done it! Three zeros on the clock! This game is over! It's over! Jared Goff to Armand Ross St. Brown! His first career touchdown! And how big is that? Oh my goodness! Have a day, boys! Have a day! How good is that? That is amazing. (laughs) Jared Goff running into the arms of Dan Campbell is something I will not be able to unsee. 
It's as, as if they were. It's as if they won the Super Bowl. A walk-off win at that. The only person who was more excited about that win was Jared Goff's girlfriend, and the only person more excited than that person was John Rashad watching Jared Goff's girlfriend <laughs> celebrate the victory for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Forward down the oh, field. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big week for the state of Michigan's football teams. I tell you, look, good for Dan Campbell, good for the whole Oxford High School thing, and and they obviously have, have pulled a good. ton of, of motivation from that, that and and having the decals on the logos and stuff. You know, and, you know I, I I'm not sure about Dan Campbell as a head coach, but he certainly is uh, a passionate guy and and. You know, if, if nothing else uh, brings that um, that energy, so uh, you know, you, you never want to see uh, after a full season somebody just not win. But all I can see now when I'm following the the social media is to make sure that the Lions don't win that second one because that's going to just take them out of the first overall pick and that'll just ruin the whole thing once again. So the Lions got their win, and I think everybody's pretty happy if they stay at one. I think they're going to win a second one. I think they will. So do I. Yeah. I. I think they've got a couple in there. I, I could very well see them getting to three. I won money on them on the weekend. So there you go. That was good. So you mentioned the Oxford High School shooting and the and the shooting victims. Dan Campbell was very passionate about dedicating that win to them, and and uh, Michigan put up forty two points uh, as they wore patches too. Uh, for uh, Tate Meyer, who was uh, one of the victims in the Oxford school shooting, he wore number 42 on his jersey for the high school football team. Michigan put up 42 points. It was a heck of a weekend, as you said, Matt. Are you ready? Now it's time for Rapid Fire, where once again, we try to answer some questions quickly, but it never seems to go that way. We got a football question from Dave and Meaford. After Baltimore went for two to win the game against Pittsburgh, instead of tying it with the extra point. Jackson flings it. Andrews can't get to it. Could not reel it in. Incomplete. Unbelievable. It was a great play call. Andrews is open. Lamar, though, has the great T.J. Watt in his face. It's not an easy throw. The ball just has to be flicked with a little bit of height. Dave's question is, would you guys go for two and the win, or would you try your luck in overtime instead? I don't mind. You're the road team going for the win. I don't mind going for that. I think, you know, it sends a message to your team that you're always trying to win. I think the play was fine. It just wasn't executed well. Yeah, and, and those two-point conversions, uh, I believe, are actually executed about 42% of the time. So it's not like this is you know a, a Hail Mary thing that, that's kind of throwing a, a, a bomb into the middle of the wind here. Like, th- there's a legit chance, and like you said, Mandy, the play was pretty good. I, I look at it from this particular uh, game specifically. Baltimore was getting ravaged by injuries. Pittsburgh had come back real strong in that fourth quarter to even make this a game. And and to me, you you also look at 
the that uh, whether it plays into it or not for for John Harbaugh, they're now eight and four after the loss. But you look at the schedule that's coming up for the Baltimore Ravens; it might be one of the tougher ones in the AFC. You're going to Cleveland to the place the Browns. You're home to Green Bay in Cincinnati, home to the Rams, and then home to Pittsburgh again. So this very well could have been a game that they they indicated they have to go out and win no matter what. And this may have been that one opportunity that they had. I don't mind the play call at all. I know everybody's upset about it because they don't convert, and if they do, they're geniuses. But um, I, probably in, in, in a playoff setting, I wouldn't. But in a regular season game like this, in a game that we're, you know, as long as everything is... We're not getting blown out. We're not losing guys. We're not lucky to be in it. Um, I, I'd take the chance. You made a great point. Marlon Humphrey, their best cornerback, got injured. And that's allowed Michigan to come back, or Michigan-Pittsburgh to come back into the game. And they really um, they really turned the table. They had all the momentum. So I don't mind the play call there. And we have another question from the mailbag from Christine in Windsor, who messaged us on social media after we posted pictures of fans throwing jerseys on the ice in disgust. It happened in Montreal, and it happened in Vancouver. Christine asks, would any of us do that? And uh, I got to say... I think I would, and then I would immediately regret it and run down and go, oh, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, that thing's worth 110 bucks. Um, can I have that back? I changed my mind. Yeah, I I wouldn't do it because I'm cheap, and I don't want to <laughs> throw my jersey on the ice after I just spent three figures on it, and probably <laughs> um, a high three figures if I've got a number and a name on the back of the jersey, so... I probably wouldn't throw my jersey out on the ice in disgust, no matter how much of I'm disgusted by their play. Fans are funny, eh? The, the people that are throwing their jerseys on the ice are paying a lot of money to sit close enough to be able to get their throw of their jersey to get on the ice to be noticed anyways. <laughs> like, you probably spent 200 bucks to go, and then you just threw away 175 bucks. Like, you just made this a more expensive, worse night for you than it already was. Just take your jersey, put it in the basement, or give it to your kid, or make it a dish rag or something like but don't just throw it away nobody cares that you've thrown your jersey away stop paying 250 bucks to go see your garbage team in the front row a hundred percent you know what i was thinking too i never sit close enough so i'd be in the 300s and i'd throw my jersey on somebody who's in the 100 section he'd grab it and put it on yeah <laughs> Just just give it to goodwill if you're going to do that. <laughs> Imagine the conversation throwing... that guy's having. Hey, I went to a game and got a free jersey out of it. Yeah, yeah a jersey <laughs> fell out of the sky. <laughs> he probably won a raffle to get the tickets anyways, or he got it from work. He just got a promotion. They're like, you know what? Why don't you guys go to the game? The, babe, they got jerseys just <laughs> flying in the sky. Look, oh my God, it's a, it's a Sedin jersey. I loved him. <laughs> Look at this. This is great. What was the score? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like 7-2 for the other team. I, I got a free Sedin jersey and free tickets. I mean, what a great night out. <laughs> Meanwhile, John Rashad sitting in row FF in 308 about ready to jump off himself. <laughs> this guy just hit, hit windfall. I meant to throw my Pepsi. That's all I would hear from John. <laughs> my only consolation is there's ketchup all down the front of it. 
And now a baseball question from Bill in Toledo, who says he loves the podcast. He points out there was a flurry of activity before the lockout began, and Bill wants to know which move stands out among the best of the baseball transactions. Oof. Uh, that's a pretty good question, Bill in Toledo. That, that is a good question, because they're like... There were a lot, but a lot of them didn't make a ton of sense to me still. And I, and I was thinking of it and processing it when we're when we're getting ready to do the show here. Like the the moves Texas made really doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like you've got the you know if you're looking for the future, they according to Baseball America or Baseball Prospectus or whatever it is have the 11th ranked farm system. So they got that lighter kid that they had just gotten in the draft there as well. But I mean they've got so many holes and just spent a ton of money for, you know, if you ask Manny, old men uh, that are, you know, are, uh, middle infield. I mean, that's that's a lot of money to put in one place that there's not a lot of improvement anywhere else. The Byron Buxton one was strange, just the fact that he even took that one. It's and a lot of money. The wonder, yeah, for for sitting in Minnesota and a team that's that's kind of trying to, tear themselves apart i'm not entirely sure there is a move other than this the scherzer move that really has won the offseason for me i really like the scherzer move i hate what texas did 500 million dollars between two guys just seems like way too much for simeon and seager for what the rangers paid i like what the mets did um because not only getting Scherzer and with DeGrom they now have a great one-two punch but they really upgraded their outfield too with Marte and Canna I thought and that outfield was a bit of a disaster for them but John I kind of like what your Blue Jays did you know how do you replace a Saw Young Award winner and Robbie Ray and maybe still get the better guy like Kevin Gossman was outstanding for San Francisco he's more consistent than Ray his ERA and his FIP are better than Robbie Ray's. Like, I like the Gossman signing for the Blue Jays. Yeah, that is that is true. That might be one of the better moves. Yeah, I can't get over Texas. Like I said at the time, you're going to approach a billion dollars in salary. That is just absolutely ridiculous. And your team isn't that much better. And we received a ton of feedback about last week's Pump It or Dump It with Pitbull's new song and Matt's proclamation that it's the best song ever in the history of this podcast. Do you stand by that still? A hundred percent. And now it's in commercials and things. This could end up being the biggest song of Pitbull's career, too. And we launched it, boys. It's a great song. just breaking news on podcast, FFC, Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook for, for highlights. We're launching music careers here. We should get free tickets to Pitbull's next show in Miami. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know for that. Yeah. You guys thought about that for a second and went, yeah. We Dear should. Mr. Pitbull. <laughs> you got to call him Mr. Pitbull, right? Yeah. What is What is Pitbull's actual name? I don't know. Hmm. I always like that because it's always it, for the most part it's it's always just like Ryan. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> How did you get up? Uh, it's uh, uh, Armando. Armando Christian Perez. That's a great name. Yeah. That is pretty good. Yeah. ACP. Yeah. Pitbull baby, Dear Mr. Oh, Pitbull Armando. 
<laughs> Please fly us down to Miami for free and let us enjoy your concert and your women. <laughs> because we watched your song. Because <laughs> we played it once on our podcast. <laughs> Oh man! Ten seconds of it. <laughs> well, this week I decided to pick one myself, and it's in honor of the Grey Cup. The Arkells are performing during the halftime show in Hamilton, and this is their song. You can get it. So fellas, pump it or dump it. I don't know the Arkells too well. Like, do you do you guys listen to the Arkells? I I got to be honest, I don't listen to a lot of them. I don't. I have to admit. No, the the Arkells are one of those bands that you know when when you hear they're they're kind of like oh okay yeah yeah I know that song or or I know that song you know there's there's some I mean I I like this one I I like this tune they kind of remind me of um like my favorite Canadian band is the Trues. And they've got a little bit of a trues sound to it, so yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. It's no Mr. Pitbull Armando, but it's, uh, it's a good enough song, yeah. Yeah, of like I don't know the Arkells music that much, but I do like this song. So I'll say pump it, maybe for Grey Cup week. I say pump it oh, too. It's unanimous again. Unanimous oh, again. What's going? Ugh, what's the harmony? What's in the water? Is it the Christmas spirit? Is that what it's this is? It's birthday week. You guys are all in a it's, good mood. It's, it's birthday, birthday week. <laughs> That's right. John's still uh, eating pizza and drinking wine from his birthday on Sunday. I've started for my birthday coming up on Friday. That's why we're all getting along. Everybody's in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, look, look, Mr. Pitbull, send us down to Florida. Everybody's everybody's feeling good, right? Right, Mr. Pitbull? Amazing. Let us enjoy your concert and your women. <laughs> I love that the guy who's not married is like, let us enjoy right. it. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy and I are like, honey, we're going to a seminar. <laughs> In Miami? Seminary. <laughs> it's a podcasting seminar. Yes. <laughs> with Mr. Armando. <laughs> with, with, with Father Perez. <laughs> Oh, it's a good thing our wives don't listen to this. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure mine has never heard a second of it. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Rapid Fire and another debate. Hey, that's fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of the Grey Cup, we are going to talk about the CFL Championship later this week. Just for oh. you, Matt. Just oh, for yeah. you. Oh, good, there's more. Yeah, the OT, <laughs> our second episode of the week. We are going to talk about the Great Cup and preview the CFL championship between the Bombers and the Tie Cats. With someone who knows what they're yes. talking about. Stay tuned. I know. And we got to get, because this is one of those, one of Manny's buddies. We got to get, we got to get something this time, Rashad. I'm getting a little tired of this. So we got to, yeah. we got to dig in a little bit on our, on our guest here. Get a good story. No. Yeah. You've never had a night in a drunk tank or anything like that. Come on, Manny. Someone knows something. I don't, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> So in the meantime, check out all the great 
footage that you'll find on social media. Hey, this thing is really starting to take off, this Twitter and Instagram. Podcast FFC. You'll find it on Twitter and on Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. Still getting notifications on that Alfonso, uh, uh, whatever his name is. Davies. Uh, Davies. I, I got one last week. From this guy who who's obsessed with us, apparently scrolling back to see all of our our likes. I think we got a couple of likes in a row from from a few people here. So check those out on social media. We got all the highlights and uh, every sport you can imagine. The ones we're gonna make up too. <laughs> and you know what I always love is when you get the notification from the guy who's obviously surfing at like four in the morning. Bing, honey, who's that? Oh, it's someone liking something from our podcast. <laughs> Or oh, it's Mr. Pitbull. I was going to say, it could be Armando. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, too, if you want to go a little more old school, you can also email us questions and topics at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Fantastic. Hope to hear from you and make sure you tune in later this week. We want to thank our sponsors on this episode London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor specializing in sport training and nutrition. Have you heard from him? I haven't heard from Shane in a good while. <laughs> in a good while. Nope. Poor, poor guy's into something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he's got to be into something. Is he in Miami? You think he got to Hamilton early? <laughs> Hamilton? I think he's in Miami. <laughs> Pitbull's getting his women. <laughs> Not the other way. <laughs> and we've lost man. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Hey guys, this was fun. Let's do it again sometime, alright? <laughs> Sounds I'll good. Later this week. Alright, we'll see we'll see you Friday for the OT on for future considerations. Hail to the victors. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.